Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Presented by PointsBet, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago after a White Sox win. 9-8 to eight in 10 innings. It was a nail-biter. The White Sox gave us every reason to not believe in them, yet they still pulled through. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. And you can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Our beat writer for the CHGO White Sox crew, Vinny Duber, is out at Guaranteed Rate Field right now. And who will join us about midway through the podcast? Podcast and say, you know, what Tony told him, what Liuri said after the legend came through. I'm guessing Aloy Jimenez is going to speak after this game. Let's talk about it, Herb. We like to start with the positive, and weirdly enough, the offense is the positive today. Uh, they got down one nothing. They came back. They got down three one. They came back. They got down. I think at one point it was a uh, uh, six to five, and they came back. They got down eight to six, and they came back. And they got down uh, eight to eight going in the tenth inning, and they pulled through with the victory. I mean, the White Sox fought at every single time they were down. This is a good a good performance from the White Sox offense. And how many times did you think the White Sox were done? You see those home runs by the Twins, you're like, ah, Gio Urshela, who the hell is this? Why is he hitting home runs off for our pitchers? And once they went down 3-1, to one, I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go again. Then you get the home run from uh, Luis Robert. You're like, all right, Aloy. here we go. I mean, Aloy hit the first one, didn't yeah, he? Aloy hit the first one. Yeah, and then you get the three to uh, tie the game with the Luis Robert rocket. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. And then when they go down, uh, I think it was like 5-3, to three, I was like, yeah, cashed. I, this, is, this has been real. They come back. Same thing at six and same thing at eight. And to tell you that I thought this was going to end well, I would be lying. I thought that this was going to end like Monday's game where the White Sox did tie the game up late 2-2 and then the Twins were just going to score a bunch of runs off of Jose Ruiz. By the way, it was tight. (laughs) That was his ninth straight appearance with giving up zero runs. So, yes, people questioned the move. Jose Ruiz has been a thing since June 12th. This is the last time he's given up an earned run. So it was a well-played baseball game is very hard to say. But the White Sox did not hurt themselves as they usually do on the base pass with a defensive effort. They were all right. I mean, we saw that error early, and I don't know if it was called an error by Gavin Sheets to let Gio Urshela score from first on a double. But for the most part, I felt the team was giving representative effort 
and not messing with themselves except for a couple times. But beggars can't be choosers. A W is a W. Yeah, they labeled the uh, double by Jeffers as a double, so no error on that Cheats one. But, hey, that's kind of what you get, and that's what we've talked about with the way that this team has been constructed. That's what you get when you put a right fielder out in first base. Sheets and Robert, and there's a ball out in the gap. They go and converge on it. They're not sure who should pick it up. Gio or Shella ends up scoring because they couldn't make the, the right call on who would pick it up, and then Sheets picked it up and dropped it anyway. So, I mean, that's just what you're going to get when you have poor, you know, poor fielders out and, and, and fielding uh, those positions. But, hey, this is also what happens when you guys take great at-bats. It was great at-bat after great at-bat. I really loved the White Sox approach today. It really felt like a holistic approach from this team, not only from Luis Robert, not only from the returning Aloy Jimenez, um, not only from Jose Abreu, but Josh Harrison had a great at-bat um, in that 10th inning. Leary Garcia had a good at-bat in that 10th inning. Sebi Zavala has been fantastic awesome. with the stick. It's been really great to see, but – that's the story today is home runs. Uh, Minnesota hit their fair share of home runs today. They got home runs from Polanco, two of them uh, for, off of Jorge Polanco. And then they also got one from Gio Urshela. What a fella. But the White Sox tied them up. They got Jimenez to hit a home run. They got Robert to hit a home run and Vaughn to hit a home mm. run. And all three of those tied the game up. And that was the huge part. Aloy uh, uh, tied it at 3-3. Robert tied it at 5-5. Vaughn tied it at 8-8. And it's the big guys. It's it's your former third overall pick coming through. It's Aloy Jimenez, that big piece in the Jose Quintana trade, and your supposed, you know, possible MVP coming into this year. The guys that needed to step up today absolutely did. Tim Anderson's been doing this throughout the whole entire season. He's in a little bit of a strut, struggle, you know, a little, little bit of a stretch here that he's uh, struggling in. But overall, he's been fine throughout the season. Jose Abreu's on like a, an 11 or just snapped a 10-game hitting streak. That's an 11-game hit streak. Oh, now. yeah. So he's got an 11-game hit, hit streak. I mean, he's been fine. But it's great to see Jimenez, who just hit his second homer. Uh, Robert, who should be at 10 homers. Uh, he just hit his ninth. And then Vaughn, who should be at 10 homers, too. He just hit his eighth. Finally good to see these guys step up. Yeah, and like you said, the only person in the White Sox starting lineup that didn't get a hit was Tim Anderson. The only other person that didn't get two hits was Yoan Moncada, who had to leave the game early because of the uh, foul ball off his instep. But the offense showed up versus a tough competitor in Joe, Joe Ryan. I was very worrisome that this game was going to be low scoring. The Twins were going to do their home run thing, and the White Sox would lose 5-2. to two. That's what I predicted before the game. I'm glad to be wrong because the White Sox bat showed up. We got some good bullpen efforts. I mean, Raylo's turned into a thing, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people wanted to go extra innings, but he just pitched yesterday too, guys. He can't pitch every day, and he can't pitch multiple innings every time he goes out there. But we got exactly what we needed from him. Kendall Graveman was disappointing, but Jorge Polanco, you got to tip the cap sometimes. He just put the bat out there and crushed that ball out to the 108 section. Sometimes people are going to catch you, and that necessarily wasn't a bad thing by Kendall Graveman. So a complete win for the White Sox. I would you know like a better pitching performance because Lance Lynn is still not there, but hell – like I said before, we are in a dearth for wins. This is our 39th of the year. We cannot be choosing how we need to win. We just got to win now. Right. And, hey, I mean, last time you had a close game like this, walked off by Leary, 
you won the series against uh, the Giants. You swept the Giants. Uh, so maybe good things ahead coming up against Detroit. Detroit's been a tough out as of late, but it's nice to see them win one, and it's nice to see them pull through because they didn't pull through on Monday night when this one went into extras. So they showed that fight, and they showed many different times today that they wanted it, which has been the, 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 the call here. Um, I wanted to see that they wanted this division, and you know the first 15 games against the, the AL Central and the, the next 14 ga- days uh, didn't start off well going 0-2, but hey, you right of the ship. You're 1-5 against Minnesota now, but you're going to have a ton of games the end of the year to make up for that. I think you got 13 games now against Minnesota to still finish with a winning record against the Twins. Uh, a real fun game, absolutely. Uh, and some stuff that I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, first off, let's look at the balls in play, uh, Stephen, if we could pull up this graphic for the White Sox uh, through the first five innings. And this kind of shows you uh, where the White Sox did their damage. Uh, first off, that one that's in the upper left-hand corner up and into a right-hander, the slider. That's the Eloy Jimenez homer. He hit that 44 uh, degrees into the air. It's the highest launched ball in White Sox home run history, uh, according to StatCast, which I think has been tracking data since 2015. Um, If that's a fastball, I don't think that one's getting out. If that's a fastball, I think Eloy Jimenez strikes out there, but it was a great job for Jimenez to turn on that ball and then do some damage. And then Jimenez also got a slider late in the game, over the middle of the plate against Griffin Jacks and drove in another run that was extremely important to the White Sox at that moment. And then the two other ones, Luis Robert got a cutter hung by Emilio Pagan, and he absolutely tattooed it. And then you also saw a curveball there from, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Joe Ryan, and he got tagged by Jose Abreu for a double. Uh, White Sox were able to score uh, in that inning, and that was a a huge part for the White Sox uh, in this game, taking advantage of mistakes. And Luis Robert did a great job today with that. And then, you know, let's go to, I think I sent you some Luis Robert uh, graphics here, Stephen. Something that we mentioned yesterday that was great, first at-bat for Luis Robert, Mm -hmm. he saw four sliders. Um, from Winder and spit on them. And this is Luis Robert versus Sliders today. He had three fouls, one called strike, and three balls. He saw those balls very well today. He was swinging at the ones that were in the zone. He was really, really disciplined today against the slider, and that's why you saw the home run. That's why you saw another single, and that's why you see two runs from him, two RBIs. He was huge today and had another walk. I mean, if this is the Luis Robert you're going to see, a Luis Robert that looks... I don't know if engaged the right is is the right word, yeah. but at least engaged in the right way for a hitter. Uh, yeah. There's a great uh, video I saw of Fernando Tatis and the way that he's seeing his takes. And, and, you know, he sees the first one, he's like, all right. And then he sees the second one, he's like, okay, I see this guy. And then the next pitch, fastball right down the middle, and he takes it deep, right? Luis Robert kind of was giving me that feeling today. Yeah. A guy that was really getting excited by the, the, the pitches that he wasn't swinging at because he knew, like, all right, this guy's got nothing to – to beat me and hey Luis Robert is that supposed to be that guy Luis Robert's supposed to be this guy hitting balls 440 feet um and and destroying guys with his speed and power we haven't seen that just yet but this is at least some developmental signs hopefully for Robert to take that next level step it was good to see and like you were saying it is a thing like what a basketball player is seeing the the hoop as big as the ocean he's going to be trying to shoot all the time. And when Luis Roberts is spitting on sliders on the outside, he's seeing it deep. He understands what the pitcher's trying to do to him. And we've been complaining about him. Like, this is third year. You should be understanding what a slider is and why they're throwing you sliders because you're not hitting them. And you can't hit them. So, unless you're going to be going to right field with them, 
you're better to lay off of him. And somebody's gotten to his ear or he got himself uh, right because the sliders the last couple of days, he has not been taking the bait on. He's been doing a good job. And like you were saying, it seems like he's confident. It's like, he's got to come to me. He's got to come to me with every pitch he has. And if he comes to me, I'm going to hit a home run really hard, really fast. But I've only been out of 10 of 30 ballparks. And that Aloy would have been out of 28 of 30. Would have dong a great uh, Twitter site to follow. But home runs are home runs. It's good to see him finally seeing the ball like he needs to. And understanding, I think somebody got to him and said, hey, Luis, those pitches you can't hit anyways. Lay off of them. If they're mm-hmm. strikes, they're called strikes, tip the cap. But if you're not swinging at those anymore, they have to come to you. And when they come to you over the plate, like they did late in the game with a high fastball, had an 0-2 count, and he throws him a high fastball. It's off the plate, but Luis Robert has shown time and time again that he can hit a fastball, especially that it's above the plate. Don't throw that to him. He'll crush it. And you saw pitchers in the Minnesota Twins had to come to him. Griffin Jacks had to come to him. You saw earlier Joe Ryan had to come to him, and he punished him. He made him hurt. And if he's going, and if Aloy's going, and you got Jose going, and then you hit the home run by Andrew Vaughn, this offense is unstoppable. Well, and if Tim Anderson's on base, which he, he usually he does, hey, there's more runs. He scored a in. run today. Yeah. Tim scored a run, and he almost got a hit. Yet, for the uh, great play by Max Kepler, who had a great day today, um, I, I tipped the cap. And Tim had a boneheaded play earlier in the game. Yeah. But he made up with a, with a run in the first inning. But, uh, yeah, if he's on base, this team is otherworldly. I mean, that's another defensive error that we can bring up and just, you know, kind of boneheadedness from, from Tim. Uh, it's a play hit. I think it was kind of up the middle. So Tim grabs it really around the bag, but it was past the bag. So he was on the second side, uh, base side of the bag. So he would have to turn back and went to step on second. So Tim ends up grabbing it and trying to tag, I think it was Kepler. It was Kepler. Hits him with the, the glove and then throws it over to Jose. And we're like, all right, baby, just got out of the bases loaded jam. <laughs> you know, double play. Real nice. Uh, tough for Lance Lynn getting into a bases loaded jam against the, the, the Twins with one out. But you get the double play that was much needed, you know, go to the next inning. Uh, then the replay shows Tim had the ball in his hands. Glove was empty. So, you know, just boneheaded from Tim there. But, uh, you know, he's been all right. And usually when he makes mistakes, he owns up to it. He, he turns back, and, and he's usually a, a pretty reliable guy for the White Sox there. But you're, you're right about Robert, and that's kind of the point we're making. You're kind of saying, like, do they know the scouting report against Luis Robert? Why are you throwing him fastballs? Well, I think he was just – I think they're thinking, all right, he's so patient on this slider. He's so, so patient on this slider. He's probably going to be late if we throw him a fastball. Nope. Correct. And that's, that's the next-level athlete right there is exactly with Byron Buxton. It's the speed of the bat. It's the power that you can generate. It's making sure that the barrel gets onto that ball. Um, that's the next level athlete part of Luis Robert, and and that's great to see. You know, if you're going to try to sneak a fastball by you, make them pay. And, and and we saw that with Jose Barrios, where he took that one, you know, to the moon uh, against Toronto, and, and then he, he did it again against the Twins today. So that was really great to see. And uh, do we have another Robert one? I think there was another one too. I, I might have missed it, but uh, even in the Pagan one, the one where he hit the home run, uh, Pagan starts him off with a cutter that was basically over the middle. Then he goes to two fastballs, and then he tries to go for the cutter again. And Robert again, it was right in the middle, and Robert saw that pitch. It was a mistake by Pagan. Left it over the plate. And he drilled it. So it's some good signs uh, from the White Sox offense, absolutely, and, and stuff that is just great to see because the bullpen has been pretty good this year. And obviously you see eight runs. Lance Lynn gave up five. Um, but the bullpen 
almost blew this game. Uh, you know, Kendall Graveman gave up that bomb to Jorge Polanco. Uh, Jose Ruiz made it tight in the 10th inning. Uh, you also saw Matt Foster give up a home run as well. Um, but the bullpen for the large part of the year has been good. It's been the offense that has been the issue. So good job on the offense to pick up the bullpen's mistakes. I don't want to harp on it too long because, you know, you said Jose Ruiz uh, has been scoreless since June 12th. Matt Foster has been all right. He's been pretty shaky uh, after the, the, the yeah. you know, recently, but he was really good in the first half. And then, you know, Graveman he's he's here for a couple more years so you know hopefully this is a bad outing and he'll get him next time but uh really loved what I saw from the offense today yeah and it's a testament to them not putting their heads down it seemed like the first two games you know it could be just be anecdotally I saw something like I felt like they weren't engaged in the game and maybe because the runs were so low it didn't seem they were lifeless they were making boneheaded mistakes today they had many opportunities just to hang their head and say you know twins are better than us you know they keep on going ahead of us and maybe we're just not ready for them this year but it took the heart of champions out there doing the job getting the job done when it needed to be done versus a tough customer in joe ryan those guys and the twins that came in their bullpen they don't have good or high uh, ERAs. Like, no. Griffin Jacks is a sub-2 or not sub-3 ERA. McGill had a sub-3 ERA. Duran has a sub-2. And Morant, the guy they got the winning runoff of, has a, a sub-1.5 ERA, 1.23. These are guys who are pretty good. And the White Sox got the job done versus most of them. Duran, you know, what can he do with it? 102 miles per hour? No. No, sir. Come on now. Uh, if they don't hit him, I'm fine with it. But everybody else, those are tough customers, and the White Sox got the job done. Absolutely. And, two, you mentioned uh, the bullpen there, and I guess that's where they spend the money. Uh, you know, that's that's the White Sox difference versus the Twins. The Twins have really been struggling to find bullpen help, and, and thankfully the White Sox were able to get after it. Uh, five earned runs off of the Twins' bullpen. It did damage when damage was needed. You can't hit right-handed starting pitching, you know, usually. You know, good right-handed starting pitching uh, usually shuts down the, the White Sox. I was worried about Joe Ryan in the matchup, but he only goes four innings. I think we got the pitching lines here. He only goes four innings. He allowed five hits, uh, two earned runs, two walks, and three Ks. And the thing that I liked about it, you, you noted the patience. Uh, counts after three pitches. I just want to go through this um, and, and see kind of where the White Sox were doing this with Joe Ryan because he left uh, after four innings throwing 85 pitches. They got to five two and one counts. They got to seven one and two counts. They got to one zero oh, and two count, uh, and that was just because of foul balls. And then five of them uh, ended uh, on three pitches or less. But that was good to see that the same amount of pitches that were at bats that were ended uh, before three pitches were even reached. Uh, same where they were in hitters counts, two one counts, and in those counts they had a walk, a strikeout, uh, a, a, a single, a flyout, and a hit by pitch. So they got on base three out of those five times. So that was really good to see for the White Sox today. And even in one, two counts, homer, double, you know, a walk, uh, they did pretty good in, in, in those counts. So good to see the White Sox doing damage when damage was needed to do, be done. And uh, one thing too, um, the Twins have just been phenomenal this season, or at least this year, at hitting mistakes. And we saw this today. Uh, Polanco hit two mistakes really hard. We saw uh, Urshela pound a mistake as well. Buxton has done this. I want to talk about the heart zone for StatCast. Okay. This is kind of 
where pitches are mistakes, right? This is exactly where you want to be hitting the ball. It's 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 middle middle, um, whether it be up a little bit or, or in the zone. But it's it's a nice square in the middle of the strike zone. Call the heart of the plate on uh, Statcast, and I want to compare the Twins and White Sox because this is why the Twins are forty-seven and thirty-eight. When you make a mistake, they are destroying it. Uh, the Twins have seen. Do, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna read the. the yeah. So this is the uh, White Sox versus the heart of the zone. So the Twins have seen less pitches in the heart of the zone. They're 17th in baseball compared to the White Sox being 15. But they have the six most hits. Uh, White Sox have the 14th most hits. But the isolated power, that's if you uh, minus the batting average off slugging. So this is just truly what are you doing hitting doubles, triples, uh, and triples homers. homers. Twins have the third highest ISO at 282. White Sox have the 26th uh, highest ISO or the fourth worst ISO in Major League Baseball in the heart of the zone at 187. And the exit velocities are different. Twins have the fourth best exit velocity at 94.2 miles per hour. White Sox have the ninth best exit velocity at 93.2 miles per hour. That's good. The White Sox are hitting the ball hard, but what's the difference? The launch angle, 16.4 is the average degrees for the Twins at 11th in baseball. The White Sox at 23rd at 13. Point nine, uh, an average degree of launch angle. And that's the difference right there is the twins are hitting the ball in the air. They're hitting the ball in the air very, very hard. And when you make a mistake, they don't let you forget about it. And that was the danger there was that every time the White Sox got back in, the twins pulled themselves back out of it. And the White Sox needed to do that today. And they absolutely did it. So if those numbers start changing around, the White Sox have better pitching this could possibly open the door. And I see in the comments, you know, Mr. C's being extremely pessimistic here. I get it. You know, it's one game. And what has this team showed you before? Uh, they're 38 and th- uh, 41 ball, t- ball game. I get it. They've, they're still below 500, two games below 500. But you need to see the signs that they could get out of this. And the fact that they scored as many runs as they did in June, now they're starting to hit home runs. If this continues to the end of September, they have a chance to win the AL Central. If it reverts back at any point and they have a bad, you know, second half of July or a bad first half of August, they have already lost so much ground that that will be the killer of their season. But if here until the end of the All-Star break, they go on a nice little run, and like I said, they finish, you know, a couple games. I think they had 15 games. So if they go 10-5, and five, if they go 9-6, and nine and six, I'll be a really happy White Sox fan. Yeah, and you showed a graphic earlier about the White Sox punishing pitches up in the zone. The balls in play that Aloy hit, that Luis Robert hit, and I think uh, Andrew Vaughn hit. Those were mistakes, Mistake pitches, usually we talked about this pregame and a couple times. The White Sox are not punishing mistake pitches at that rate. And the, the graphic you just showed, it's evidence of the Twins actually doing that and the White Sox being mediocre to bad at that. So it's good to see today that they take advantage of some mistakes up there in the, in the zone. I mean, uh, Pagan was not good. Not at all. I mean, he hasn't been good since he left Tampa Bay. As I said before on Twitter, if Tampa Bay is offering you a player <laughs> that's played on their major league staff and you accept it, you are doing it wrong because there's very few and far between players that are Tampa Bay Rays, not their minor league players, Tampa Bay Rays that go on to success after they've been traded for uh, a player that, you know, Detroit just saw that where Paredes is now killing down there in Tampa Bay. But Emilio Pagan has been bad, and they punished him. And the White Sox, if this is a trend that they're going to start with, Aloy coming back, who looked awesome today, and congratulations, Sean. Thank you. You got the click to pick. 
actual Thank first time much. that I can remember that you won the click to pick. Yeah, it's been a real struggle for me. I, I mean, mainly it's because they lose so many damn times. We do these post-game shows, so we really don't care to celebrate uh, that honor because, hey, the White Sox lost 8-3, to three, but A.J. Pollock had one hit, uh, right? It's been tough to celebrate that. So in a big win like this, having that pick, it was great. And honestly, we kind of we had the whole back and forth. You know, you were going to let me have first pick, and I was like, why? Because you want to pick Aloy. Yeah. Um, and you were like, no, I want to see who you're going to pick. And I was like, no, pick him. And you're like, no, I'll go, I'll go with Tim Anderson. So I, I just I doubled down on what you couldn't do. Sorry, guys. I made Tim bad today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was allowing you to pick who you wanted to pick. I was not going to pick Aloy because I have sometimes that effect on people where I pick them and they turn to shit. I mean, that's <laughs> Aloy. I mean, I think I did it with uh, Lori the day after he – got the walk off last Thursday and he was shit that day but today I'm glad you, you won and it's good my guy uh beef loafs in the house from the 108 I'm gonna have Got a show beef. later on at 8, 8 p.m you guys should check out check out the from the 108 they're good guys good people to party with good people to listen to White Sox opinions about but they gave me free so, merch it is so great so awesome to win a game that you thought I thought they're gonna lose four to five times and they showed the hearts of the champion and that they were not going to give up, not going to let the Twins leave here with the seven and a half game lead. Now, five and a half is not great. It's much better. You're closer to the Twins or the, to the Guardians. I think you're only a game out of uh, their range. You got them coming up soon. But four against a team that you've dominated the whole year, the Tigers. They're a different Tiger team than the last team, Tiger team you saw. They'll have that Riley Green guy and players playing much better than the sub-200 averages they had the last time the White Sox faced them. So it'll be a tough test, and we'll finally see Tariq Skubal again, Scoobal. who is their best pitcher. So it's a good way of going into that four-game set thinking about, okay, these guys are not that far away from us, and you probably can feel like they're not that much better than us. They're not and five and one better than us. We're not the Tigers, and they're the White Sox. And the White Sox have handled business uh, against the Tigers this year. They're six and zero oh against the, the, the Tigers. And you're they right, lost one. They lost the first one. Oh, right. They, they lost. They the should have won one. the first one. Uh, five and one. Yeah, they should have won that one. Five and one, and they, they didn't have Riley Green in that. But also in the next four games, you got Cease, Giolito, Cueto, Kopech. Right now, those are your four best pitchers. So you're, you should have the best pitcher in, in in each in every matchup. This this. Week maybe not Scooble versus Giolito, but the Giolito that we saw in San Francisco, that guy was pretty damn good. Really so good. I I I should I, I hate getting you know optimistic about this team. It was one win. They just went one and two versus the, the Twins. They're one and five on the season. I just think about what we would have been after. We would have shit on this team. Right. We would have absolutely destroyed this team and called it a day. And and they could over. And they could have gave up. They could have they could have stopped fighting and every single turn they got down, they kept fighting and clawing themselves back. And hey, another great sign, I just saw this too. Uh twins didn't have any two out RBIs. The White Sox had four. One from Abreu, one from Jimenez, and two from Vaughn on the home run. And then also teams uh, with runners in scoring position. Sox were three for nine. Uh, Abreu had a hit, Jimenez had a hit, and uh, Garcia obviously had a hit as he drove in the winning run for the White Sox. Twins, two for 11. So the White Sox were better with runners in scoring positions today. They had as many home runs. They walked the same amount. Like, this was a very good way to win for the White Sox. They were patient. They destroyed mistakes. This was a good game from the White Sox. I will get excited about this because 
Yes, there still is season left. And, and Stephen, I don't know if I, you still have these graphics from the, the pregame, uh, but the Fangraph Zips projection, uh, if we still have those, I, I'd, I'd love to use them because Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs has this Zips projection. He puts out projections at the start of the year. He puts out projections uh, in, in the middle of the year. Just tries to you know see what the computer would think if you put all these players and and you know you, you gave them you know uh, ranges of their tenth percentile uh, you know worst season to their ninetieth percentile best season. Uh, so this is what it was preseason. This is before a game was even played. Zips projected the White Sox to go 88 and 74, and I think all of us thought that was a load of crap. Real low. You 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 picked I think 94. I picked 95. Mm-hmm. I think Vinny picked 95. So seeing 88 wins was pretty shocking. Now you look at 88 wins and be like, baby, let's go. Please Jesus, <laughs> right? Please Jesus. So and you see the Twins there, 83 and 79. Uh, Guardians below 500. And then today they released an updated Zips. I'm not sure if you have that one too, season uh, Stephen. But it's literally projecting the White Sox and Twins to tie at the stop of the AL Central, both going 85 and 77. So I think even White Sox fans right now would take 85 and 77. But it's not even just me. And this is just kind of showing you that it is early. Like, even the computers, after this horrible under 500 start, they're still saying that their chance to make the playoffs is a little bit worse than the Twins. I think it's 59.5% to 53.8% for the Twins and White Sox. But it's still pretty damn close. And if you win more games against the Twins, those numbers will change. And I'm sure the computer is thinking, like, they haven't played well at home, which is weird for any team to not play well at home as as more than a, a team that is supposed to be competing. They haven't hit as they were supposed to. And so they have a weak schedule on the back end. So the computer's like, okay, they're gonna play better. And the twin team has played above their head. They're not gonna play as well because the White Sox will be playing them for what for thirteen more games now. Yeah. And so yes, I could see that happening. Do I think it's gonna happen? No. I at the beginning of the year, as you said, I picked them in ninety four wins, and in the, my heart of hearts, I still like in the back of my mind, like it's a ten percent chance. I think the White Sox are gonna win this division, but. This, up to this point, has been very draining, especially yesterday's loss. Very draining on me to realize, like, they're not doing the things they need to do to get the job done versus the team that's right in front of them. Now, today's victory is a little bit different, and it feels better because of the fight, the heart, the the hitting. Everything you saw today shows me the White Sox have a chance to win this division. But I also saw the Twins. I'm like, they're slightly better than I thought they would be. Right. And they got Miguel Sano coming back. Even though he's a knucklehead, he can hit the ball really far. They have a bunch of players that just do the job. And then, you know, Alex Kirilovs and, the, of course, Brian Buxton and Max Kepler's back reanimated versus the White Sox doing things. Polanco's hitting home runs again. So, yeah, they're better than I thought they were. But I think that 10% in my back of my mind is like, White Sox still going to win it. The 90 Ninety percent still kind of cloudy. It's like eh, you think with your mind, Herb. Come on now, <laughs> you saw you you've seen all this shit. Come right. on now, and tomorrow they go out and wet the bed versus the Detroit Tigers. I'll be really pissed. Right, tune hey, in tomorrow. Cease is on the bump tomorrow. He's never lost to the Tigers. God damn it, Stephen. Now it's I'm giving going, you going. optimism. Damn Look it. at my guy. He said, "Is it ten and zero versus the Tigers in his career?" I yeah. don't know what that is. It ten. Fuck it. Let's ship it in. We're winning tomorrow. It's really fucking um, good. And 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 Workmach. I can't even say that name. Uh, Workmach. Barely, are you? Is that are you going German there? Yeah, that has to be a German. This yeah. is Jack Schnitz. 
Oh, just okay. His name. Well, he, he says, well, I, I can call him as I see him. They're 39 and 41. That's negative. Hey, they haven't even made it to the half point yet. They will make it to the half point yet and still be negative because uh, they play tomorrow. Even if they win, they'll be 40 and 41. But, you know, they could be, after 82 games, 41 and 41. That's even. You know, I can also do math. It's, 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 not, it's not that bad. And, and also, too, uh, Herb, I did say Dave Barista asked how many more matchups with the Twins. 13 uh, more matchups with the Twins head-to-head. But here's the thing. After September 4th, there are still six more games to play against the Twins. Do you want to know when those games are for the Twins and White Sox? I know I know when they are. They're the beginning of the month of September and the end of October, or the, the last three games in October. Two of their last three series will be against the Minnesota Twins. September 27th, September 28th, September 29th, they will play three games in Minnesota. To close out the season... Yeah, then they'll go to uh, San Diego for three games. And then to close out the season on Monday, Monday, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th, in Chicago, they will play the Minnesota Twins. And remember, there's no game 163 anymore. The, the division will be decided on the field. So if we're tied, I think they just flip. A, they just say, hey, who won more games? Right. You're the division winner. So, I mean, Get out. the White Sox can still be five and a half games back on sem- September 27th and still have a chance. I'm not trying to be real, you know, ridiculous, crazy. I know people don't really want to hear the optimism, but that's why we're saying it's still early. As long as you're close enough to strike, that's baseball. You can see crazy shit happen at any point. And the Twins go to Texas while not great. You know, the matchup's going to be on Friday. It's a it's a phenomenal one. I don't know if Chris Camp has ever looked this one up and if it's ever happened in the history of baseball, but it'll be gray versus gray. Oh, really? Sunny gray. Versus John Gray. Johnny Gray. Oh, a little touch of Gray. Yeah. Oh, shout out Grateful. Grateful Dead Night was last night. Oh, anyways. And you had the shirt on, too. I did have the shirt on. And, uh, you know, the best way to support CHGO is Boom. to uh, download the points bet app. I tried to get something with the Grateful Dead in there. That just did not work. The best way to support John CHGO. Mayer. That's the only uh, thing I know about them. And Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. 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 Dead and company. Uh, here, I got a better segue. You want to run, run this back? Yes. Lawrence. Producer Lawrence, uh, you know, executive producer here of CHGO, just uh, sent us the points bet odds for the AL Central plus one fifteen for the White Sox to win the AL Central right now. So the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. Hey, if you're still feeling a little bit iffy about the White Sox to win the AL Central, but want to put some money down and, and turn a buck into a dollar sixty-five, right? You get a risk-free bet up to two thousand dollars. That's not it. If you make a fifty dollar or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all the web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO Locker. That's two thousand dollars and free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. I think uh, you might have misled the people. Uh, $100 to win 165 I said a dollar to win a dollar sixty-five. Oh, I thought you meant a buck to win 165 No, 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 no. Okay, no, I'm, like, it's like you're, you're giving I, these people too much No, it's, it's just cheap betting. If you, okay. if you bet a buck, you'll, you'll win a dollar sixty-five. That's your shit. Which, you know, you, you get your pay out back, so it would be like a two sixty-five. Right, because yes, you do. You know, get your be dollar back too. Yeah, right. So you know, it's it's a real elusive offer. Bet more um, than a dollar. And, and that's if, Sean's. That's Sean's gig. Yeah, I, I'm, stop stealing it. I'm bet, betting nickels and dimes. Uh, you're you're home. 
for live in-play betting just got even better. It's points bet. And if you see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. There's more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs with points bet. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Download the points bet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And I did, yeah, plus 165 is where you can get the White Sox right now on points bet. Points bet has the AL Central as twins to win the AL Central at minus 111. White Sox at plus 165. Guardians at plus 375. Tigers at plus 50,000. And uh, Royals at plus 50,000. I'm giving you any betting Same? advice. Wow. You should avoid the Tigers and Royals to win the AL Central. I like the Guardians, though. I honestly like the Guardians more than the Twins. Tigers are coming. Yeah. Uh, tiger, <laughs> tigers are coming. And uh, you know who else is coming? Hmm. Strava. Strava's coming because I know everyone has anxiety out there. It's a competitive edge that you start when you drink coffee in the morning. It's a game changer and it's helped thousands of people help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted coffee, specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you can help you feel alert and focused without the jitters and can help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD into your daily routine can help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and stripped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effects of benefits. CHGO listeners, that's you, can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. It's 25% off your entire order at Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com. That's StravaCraftCoffee.com. When you use code CHGO25 at checkout, discount coupon valid on subscription purchases only, one use per customer. And if you already love Strava, like I do, you could subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule because you don't want to run out of Strava CBD coffee. It's the best CBD coffee out there on the market. You want to catch up with the division here? Let's do it. So we, we mentioned right now, you know, the White Sox are five and a half games back of the AL Central. We said that they're plus 165 to win the division. Twins, who currently lead, are at minus 111. They're 47 and 38 on the year. Their run differential is plus 52. The Guardians are in second. They're at 40 and 40 on the year. They fall to four and a half games back in the Central, and they've lost four straight games. The White Sox are 39-41. to They're five and a half games back with a run differential of minus 44. Sox have the best uh, record over the last 10 in the division outside of the, the Tigers. Both teams are 6-4. and four. Next is the Twins at 5-5. Five and five. But I also saw someone mention the wild card. It's expanded playoffs, Herb, and the White Sox are actually closer to a wild card spot than they are the division lead. Four and a half games back of the Toronto Blue Jays, who have a 45 and 38 record. Ahead of them, though, the Guardians, who are three and a half games back, the Mariners, who are four games back, yeah. the White Sox, who are four and a half. Yeah, so. it's much easier to win the division yes. than go to the wild card. And it's preferred, too, because you'll be playing a team on the road of three straight games in that team's ballpark. And if we're doing the first round exit again, I'll be really pissed, <laughs> especially if it's the wild card. We didn't even have, have to hang a banner, to, uh, the AL Central banner. So, yeah, wild card, no. I would rather go for the AL Central. Yeah, I know beggars can't be choosers in that regard, but, yes, I don't think they have a chance in the wild card because those teams are going to be better than what the AL Central champion will be. The only way I see the teams in the AL East falling out 
of the, the, the three wildcard spots because right now Boston, Tampa, and Toronto hold the three wildcard spots, all of them from the AL East. Um, the Orioles are have been fantastic in, yep. in, in this past month. Um, so the, the only way I could see the White Sox truly getting into a wildcard position if the Orioles – put pressure on Toronto and close the gap between them. Right now it's 20 and a half games back uh, of the division lead in the American League East compared to the 14 games back of the Rays and Blue Jays. They're able to close that gap and give more losses to the Rays, the Jays, and the Red Sox. Then maybe the White Sox can sneak in, but that's a lot of ifs, and that's the best division in baseball. I really don't think that the Red Sox, Rays, or Blue Jays are going to fall down the, the, the stretch here. Uh, they both got, all three of them have plus run differentials. The best way for the White Sox to make the playoffs, and really the only way for them to make the playoffs in my mind, is through the AL Central. You saw this Minnesota Twins team. They're not that special. That bullpen isn't great. That rotation isn't great. Byron Buxton can be gotten out. You just got to pitch him on the corners. Carlos Correa, they're bubble wrapping him, and he's not going to be here at the end of the year. I don't know if this guy's like fully in on the Minnesota Twins experience. You really got to worry about Luis Arise and Byron Buxton. I mean, like that's that's their entire team. And right? all Arise is going to do is hit a bunch of singles, which has value. You saw it today. Every time he goes up, crack, 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 single, 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 single. So that is value, especially at the top of the order. But you're not. Anything on that lineup except for Buxton, for me, I'm not like, okay, we need to pitch around this guy. This guy can hurt us. This guy is going to do damage. So, yeah, it's a better team than I initially thought going into the series, but not a team that is a world beater. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be joined right now by our guy who's out at Guaranteed Rate Field. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. His name's Vinny Duber. Hi, Vinny. What's up, guys? How's it going? Nothing much. White Sox win. Uh, we're going to be uh, in a real positive mood, a real up mood. Uh, we're excited for this White Sox winner. Who'd you talk to in the clubhouse? A positive mood. That's a, Make sure that's a promise you can keep because I feel we've got about 10 minutes or so until Herb is like, yeah, Larry hit the game winner, but okay. That's just kind of how I I'm would feeling. never do that. Two in one week. <laughs> he's not going to He's not gonna slain the legend here. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to, don't worry. We're, we're going to be nice to Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we heard from obviously Tony Larusa, but you know we heard from Lance Lynn, we heard from Andrew Vaughn, we heard from Larry Garcia, and of course we heard from Aloy Jimenez. Uh, you know, a, a, a very positive White Sox locker room, as you can imagine. After a game like that, it, it was a big one that they needed, and I think the fashion that they did it in was very needed as well. I mean, man, you could not have asked for any more uh, easy to write story for me after this game than Aloy <laughs> comes back and they hit three home runs. Right? Uh, you know, this is. Uh, this is a team that what it was four homers in their last 14 games you put your best power hitter back into the lineup and all of a sudden the ball starts flying out of the ballpark and to do it against the Minnesota Twins the division leader a team that they hadn't won a game against this season to do it on a day that they could have been swept at home by the division leader uh, it was a big big win for the White Sox and really just goes to show you they're not dead until they're dead right I mean this is uh, you know I'm not going to do that thing that we've done 1,800 times already this season and say, oh, is this the turning point? Tomorrow will let us know if it's a turning point. But the, the, the point being that this division is going to probably remain winnable if they keep hanging around. And, uh, you know, obviously that's a vastly different position than we assumed they'd be in at this point. But today is nothing but positive and nothing to nothing but showing uh, that all of their goals are still achievable if they can wake up and, and, and start playing a lot better, which, heck, they did today, at least in, in some aspects. 
Well, I like the point that you bring up. Uh, th- I, we haven't used, you know, this being a turning point. We saw some good signs, um, and it's kind of like if the door was cracked open, but the window on the other side of the door is open, and the White Sox it just keeps getting blown shut by the window each and every time. So they need to turn that corner, open that window completely, shut the window, and then you know let that door stay open. So yeah, this, definitely not this a turning analogy, point yet, but good signs. This analogy is going to need to come with some blueprints to this house that you're okay. talking about here, Sean. I, I'll draw it up. Yeah, it's uh, there was a window on the other side of the door the door opens kind of yeah okay I understand but yeah a diagram would be helpful (laughs) I was wondering Vinny if they had a concerted effort today because it seemed like even on the balls that they missed and tried to hit out of the ballpark they had a concerted effort to hit the ball in the air a little bit more I don't know if anybody spoke about that because it seemed like they had okay we're gonna we're gonna pop that ball in the air and see what it does because it looks like the ball is traveling today Maybe that was in the mind of the individual hitters. We'll see, uh, or you know, who knows. But uh, certainly, when we asked Tony Larusa about these team-wide approaches to home runs, he does not want to talk about them very much. I think the idea is that, and we've talked about it before on this show, guys, the, that Tony Larusa and the coaching staff view home runs as the results, not the not the thing you're trying to do, right? So if the idea is go up there and get a hit, and if you make hard contact and hit the ball on the screws. Uh, something I always thought was strange. I don't think there are any screws in a baseball, but if you hit the ball on the screws, then that's going to yield some home runs every once in a while, you know, or, or more often than it certainly has for them uh, throughout this season. This is a lineup that was built for power, guys. There's no doubt about that, and I think the idea is they just want them to have good at bats, swing at the pitches that they think they can hit really hard, hit the ball really hard, and the ball is going to fly out of the yard the number of times that it should. Uh, that has not been the case to this point. It was the case today, uh, and it's certainly very noticeable. Tony LaRusso was asked about it after the game and, of course, gave a little gave a little smile. He's like, I'm not going to take the bait as much as I might want to that the home runs were a good thing today, and, and he stuck to the line that he's been using. It's funny, you know, everybody brings up, especially, you know, uh, on, on Twitter or, or wherever because it was a, a great soundbite, Frank Menachino, you know, uh, the whole fuck the home run line. Uh, but that had some context with it, and that was the context, right? It was – don't don't think about hitting a home run. Think about getting a hit, and you'll get a home run when you when you when you hit it well enough. So that's what the White Sox coaching staff wants to see. Of course, as we've seen throughout the season, players can fall into habits, uh, both good and bad, and uh, perhaps that's what helps the, uh, a couple of those balls leave the yard today. This is just me being petty, so I mean, I'll ask you a real question after this. But the, the full context or the full quote was. Fuck the home run, let's hit 300. And they've been doing that on the road. On home, you know, at home, eh, it's been a little bit iffy. But as we know, the White Sox have the best uh, road batting average uh, in the league. Well, and Tony brought it, Tony brought it up uh, earlier today. I think they're getting kind of sick of not winning at home. I, I think he's getting kind of sick of not winning at home. There, there is, there is a, such thing as a home field advantage. And I think the White Sox think they have one. And they would like to take advantage of it. So uh, certainly he said, we got to start winning at home. And they did today. And I'll tell you what, that game was very fun to watch. I think any crowd would have been excited for it. Uh, You know, the quality of the game certainly helped. But given a chance to win a big game, uh, the fans that were in attendance were were definitely energetic. So I I think the White Sox uh, would like to have that feeling in this ballpark a lot more going forward this summer. Yeah, I was going to ask you an Aloy question, but I kind of asked, I want to ask now about the lead changes. Uh, they get down one nothing, they come back. They get down 3-1, they come back. They get down 5-3, they come back. They get down 8-6, they come back. You get the point. Uh, what did they have to say about the fight? Because that was truly there the entire game. The White Sox would get down, and the offense continued to get them back in a position to win. What did Tony have to say about that? 
Well, I'll give you two. I'll give you two answers. I'll give you a funny answer, and then I'll give you the serious answer. But I think both are a little revelatory about how today's game went and about these White Sox. The funny answer is we asked somebody asked Andrew Vaughn, "Hey, you guys came back five times today. What does that say about this team?" And Liam Hendricks, getting changed uh, over my back shoulder, said, "Ah, well, it says the pitching was real bad." You know, <laughs> not wrong, not wrong, Liam, but uh, Tony, Tony had the serious answer and it was that uh, uh, something that you guys have asked me a, a whole bunch about. It's kind of, you know, that intangible qualities of this team, right? Uh, you know, do they have, you know, when, when you're losing games and a lineup is getting dominated, it's easy for a fan watching on TV to say, oh, they have no fight. They have no heart. They don't want to win this game. Obviously, that's not true. It takes a day like today to see that it to, for those fans to see that it's not true, and I hope those those folks were paying attention because what Tony La Russa said was was along the similar lines, which was I wish we had a microphone in the dugout so the fans could hear what everybody was saying in there. He said he was inspired by the attitude that they had, uh, the 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 intensity that they had in trying to come back each and every one of those times. Obviously, the results tell the story, but I think the the way that these guys are uh, is something that gets brought up a lot in a, in a disappointing season, and I think it is important just to answer that question that you guys asked me here that fans, you know, might want to know about, and that's, you know, has the team's mood changed dramatically as, you know, the disappointments of this season so far in where they are in the standings, you know, crushed the clubhouse culture or, or sucked the fun out of everything. You saw today that that wasn't the case, and I think Tony LaRusso was saying that if you had a, uh, an ISO camera and a microphone on that dugout, you really would have seen that, that, was, that, that that's not the case, uh, and he was just endlessly complimentary uh, of everything that those White Sox players were doing off-camera, inside the dugout, to, to rile each other up uh, to make not one, not two, five comebacks and win a game in extra innings. Did Lance or Tony speak about his struggles today? Uh, it just seems like he was just off the whole day. Is there something that they can offer that it just doesn't look the, the same, Lance? And maybe they said the no spring training kind of uh, has him off right now, but it's not the same guy today that took the bump. Yeah, and I think that you might be onto something there, Herb. I mean, I'm, that hasn't been offered as an excuse, certainly by by anybody. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's really just rust, right? And 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 you know, the amount of time that Lance missed dating all the way back to spring training, it was going to be a short spring training for him anyway. And and while I remember back in you know March that that he was being discussed as a guy who was you know maybe right on schedule, you know, as if it were a normal thing. He had that interrupted, and and pitchers are creatures of habit. And then he sat around. Uh, well, he didn't sit around. He worked, but he he didn't pitch in any games for two months. We're seeing, you know, kind of maybe a buildup a little bit here. So he's not happy, as you might imagine, from Lance Lynn. He's not happy with what he's doing. Uh, he was very happy with what the team was able to do today, but you know, added that caveat at the end that he didn't he didn't help him out. Um, and, and certainly that's true, giving up five runs. But um, he's got to he's got to get on track. No doubt about it, because he is a huge part, uh, a huge key to their success and being able to turn things around. We've seen the last two days now, right? I mean, Sean, you keep talking about it, the 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 aspects of this team not necessarily being in sync. And here we are with back-to-back starting pitching performances that have been disappointing in Michael Kopech and, uh, and Lance Lynn. So certainly that's something that has to get better. But 
I think the idea is today you saw the offense that this White Sox team is supposed to have an offense that can overcome those bad days for the starting pitching. Uh, so so much this year it has been the starting pitching has to be perfect or the starting pitching and the bullpen has to be perfect because there's no runs being scored. Today was uh, the kind of offensive day that you would have expected from this team back before the season started. And if you had a Lance Lynn off day, it, it is something that can be covered up because the offense is capable of doing what you saw today. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you mentioned it too. Like, I mean, the team really wasn't in sync today. The bullpen was all right. out of sorts. Lance Lane was all out of sorts. But at this point, I think they're just going to be taking wins and, and we'll figure out the sure. sink issue uh, at any point. Uh, definitely good to see, though, you know, when, when the, 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 the pitching has struggled like this, the offense picks them up. Uh, we haven't talked too much about Aloy. He's back hit a home run. Uh, how big was the smile on his face after this one? Uh, you know, because it's Aloy, I think we can, you know, we don't need to give it a 10. We could probably give it a, a 7 or an 8 just because we've seen how big that smile can get, but uh, certainly would have been a 10 on just about anybody else. Um, I think the thing that you see from him is not only did this team need power, right, and to get their power hitter back is a, is a huge thing, but we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, the team needs to have a little bit more fun. Not, not that they're not having fun, not that there's anything, you know, uh, horribly wrong with, with what's, what uh, is the attitude in the clubhouse, but Aloy makes it more fun. Uh, he got here yesterday, and they were they were yucking it up in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, right away, the volume was turned all the way up on this team, it seems like. Um, so having him in the dugout, having him in left field to be able to joke around and smile and, and, and do all the uh, funny stuff, the lighthearted stuff that he does that adds to this team's character uh, is, is just as important as him coming in and hitting a home run, which he did today, and he also got a base hit that tied the game at one point, I believe. Uh, you know, he is the exact – uh, remedy to what this team needs right now. Is he going to be able to do it all by himself? No, but there was a, there was something today that was, that was, that was different in that lineup. And uh, whether it was all due to his presence or if it, it was just a really good day, uh, we'll find out, but certainly having him there is a lot better than not having him there. And uh, he played a huge role today in, in making sure this team got a big win against the twins. And it was a good to see Jose Ruiz get another good appearance. This is his ninth straight appearance without giving any runs. And I saw the Twitter people, oh, Jose Ruiz instead of Joe Kelly. Jose Ruiz instead of Joe Kelly. I was fine with it. I, I've seen Jose Ruiz pitch really well the last couple of times out from a mid-fives ERA to a 390 ERA. What did Tony had to say about Jose Ruiz and why he went with him in the 10th? Well, and, and not only that, Joe Kelly's ERA is up over nine, isn't it, right now? I mean, listen, not, that's not to say that Joe Kelly is not going to be a big arm for these White Sox if they are able to do what they want to do and make a really deep run this year, or, or, or certainly not just even over the next three months. But, uh, you know, Jose Ruiz is the, the hotter hand, right? And, and I think uh, in a game that you got to win, uh, you go with the hotter hand. Joe Kelly has had problems as recently as uh, uh, Monday. You want to put him back out there in an extra inning game, which is what he did when he struggled the other day, gave up four runs in the 10th inning on, on the 4th of July. Uh, it, it, it didn't seem like too bad of a, of a decision to me, and uh, it, it certainly worked for the White Sox, too, as they were able to uh, hold serve, so to speak, in the top of that 10th inning. I'm not trying to be, again, a, a nag here. I just wonder about Liam's usage just because he only had 13 pitches in that ninth inning. Um, I, I just wonder if, if just because of how many 
days they have and games they have in a row. Is that why he wasn't thrown out there in the 10th? Because I do like the aggressiveness of putting him in the top of the ninth rather than waiting for a 10th inning to come around to put him in. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to pick here, but 13 innings was a pretty efficient outing for Hendricks. Um, any talk on why he might not have gone uh, another extra inning? There wasn't. My, my guess would be what you just said. Let him let him be available to win win you one tomorrow. Uh, I mean, I think uh, the the Tigers are coming to town pretty hot. Uh, they just swept the Guardians, if uh, if if I saw on Twitter correctly. Um, that maybe might present some more problems than than it might uh, than it did or, or you thought it would have the last time the White Sox saw the Tigers up in Detroit and swept them. So. Um, let Liam Hendricks uh, throw only 13 pitches, and he might be able to throw you another 13 tomorrow. And, you know, we have not seen Tony La Russa be shy about using Liam Hendricks an awful lot. Uh, and and the the thing has – or the, the script has flipped a little bit here for the White Sox, and you start winning some games. And if that means throwing your best pitcher uh, out there to go ahead and lock down one game after another – uh, that's what Tony Lewis is going to do. And Liam Hendricks is a veteran. Liam Hendricks is a guy who signed this contract and the day he did it told us that he was ready to pitch as many days in a row as, 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 a, as the manager needed him to do. So uh, I totally think that that is what Liam Hendricks signed up to do. I think that's the way that they are comfortable using him unless there is some sort of injury. Obviously, he just came back from the IL. You're not going to see him go out there five days in a row. What did he get five saves in a row uh, earlier this season, I think, right? But um, – it's it's listen there's there's nothing wrong with that uh they were in a position to 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 win uh you know without stretching him uh, or or to to try to get a win without stretching him uh go ahead and put yourself in position to win tomorrow too by being able to use him yeah, and you're right. Uh, early May, May 2nd to, I think, the, the 7th, he had five straight games uh, with a save. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and if that's what they're going to do, I, I got no problem with it. Uh, final one, I don't know if you got one more. I'm just going to, yeah. I was just going to ask about Yoan. I was going to ask about Yoan, too. In uh, sync. How's Yoan? We're in sync. <laughs> Yoan is bruised and sore, it sounds like. Uh, he, he fouled a ball off his foot. And if I understood Tony correctly in the postgame, he said Yoan usually wears a foot protector or an ankle protector and he wasn't wearing it uh today uh, or, or uh, during that at bat I'm, I'm not sure what the reasoning is maybe it's just a comfort thing. either I, I, yeah. I think he did this against the angels I didn't see one on his foot either well then maybe that's just a comfort thing for him maybe it's going to help him with his, with his swing or you know his step something like that so wouldn't you know chalk it up to to him you know Right, not doing something to protect himself, but um, Tony did mention that in the post game. But uh, uh, it would not be surprising, I guess, not to see him tomorrow just for that reason. Um, but uh, certainly, he's a uh, he's a guy who made some terrific plays at third base today. Uh, and man, that yellow shoes, yellow batting gloves combination is just terrific, isn't it? A very, it, it, he looks very Pittsburgh Steelery to me, just with the black, the white, the yellow, uh, uh, very much uh, looking, you know, Cordell Stewart-like, you know, uh, <laughs> Charlie that's Batch. That's the best you can come uh, up with. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, Tommy Maddox, you know, <laughs> God, the, the greats. Like, you like terrible black quarterbacks. Just name them all. Tommy the, Maddox was from, the... Oh, that's not a terrible black quarterback, a terrible white one. Um, your shirt. <laughs> um, somebody wants to know what's on your shirt, Vinny. Uh, Dan Payton wants to know. It's Dick Dale, the king of the surf guitar. You're going to have to go listen to some surf rock from the 1960s if you want to uh, get that reference. But, yeah, one of the all-time greats on the uh, six string. The, the song's Riptide, right? 
Uh, well, Miserloo is the most famous. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, one, the one, the one, the one at the beginning of uh, Pulp Fiction or whatever Tarantino movie that is. Oh, yeah. Great. I think my favorite yeah. thing uh, ever was Bruce Springsteen telling a story uh, where he was in a band early on in his career and he was just trying to find a drummer who could play that drum line and he couldn't play wipeout. To play wipeout. Uh, play wipeout. That's, that's, uh, that's the. Uh, that's. Uh, Oh, who is Wipeout? The Surfaris. There you go. That's Wipeout. Yes. Yeah. Right. Thank you. We're in sync there. All right, Vinny. That's a, it's a good note to end it on. Appreciate you, Vinny. Uh, you can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer, always wearing a great music shirt. Appreciate you joining us, Vinny. All right, guys. Take it easy. Yeah, a little concerned there about the, the foot guard, uh, but, I mean, it's just odd that he's not wearing one. I mean, you would always – I would think you would always wear it, especially with your swing. You know you hit yourself there. That's why you're wearing – initially but we saw it after he initially hit his foot today on an instep he wore the foot guard but he still was like hobbling there and that's why he left the game in the sixth inning apparently our guy Baloney says that uh, Ozzy texted him in the pre in the post game and said hey how you doing and uh uh, he wrote back, he's good, thank God. Yohan <laughs> said, he's, he's good, thank God. Love thank to see uh, Tony text an Aussie. That's, that's good to see. Um, and you know what's also good to see? When you're putting good things into your body, I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition, that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. Justin Fields drinks it. Nicholas Moriano of the uh, CHGO Bears podcast drinks it. I drank it when I was moving uh, the other day, and it gave me that energy that I needed. It gave me that extra boost to get me through. It cooled me down, built up those muscles. Again, it's easily digestible, allergen-friendly, free of artificial ingredients. I've had the chocolate one. I've had the vanilla one. I've had the strawberry banana one. I've had the salted caramel one. My favorite's the strawberry banana. The chocolate and vanilla are are very, very good. The salted caramel is definitely maybe not for me, but it's for some people. I'm not a huge caramel guy, but definitely try them all out because they are are good for you you want to put the good stuff into you and that's what chicago bears justin fields quarterback or the chicago bears quarterback justin fields does who follows a plant-based diet and owen and chgo have partnered up to give you an awesome offer you get 20 percent off your first purchase at liveowen.com that's l-i-v-e-o-w-y-n.com and use code chgo to get 20 percent off your first purchase at liveowen.com join me and justin fields and try owen only what you need and we just had Vinny Duber join us. And if you want to become a CHGO member, head to allchgo.com. You can read Vinny's work there when he publishes work, when he publishes an article. That's how you read it. Members get access to that only. And when members sign up, you do get a free shirt. And we have three brand new shirts in the CHGO locker. And there's a members-only Discord. So you get a lot you're bang, you get bang for your buck. Is that, 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 that what you say? You get bang for your buck. You get great written articles. You get a free T-shirt. And you get access into our members-only Discord where you get to talk to like-minded White Sox fans. And I did see a little bit of uh, tussling going around in the chat here. Uh, White Sox fans are White Sox fans. If people want to be pessimistic, they want to be pessimistic. If they want to be optimistic, they want to be optimistic. This is a 39-41 and team. It's very difficult to to figure out how to to be on an aisle. Mr. C has been here uh, for about, like, the entire season. I know White Sox Tom has been here in in the entire season. We don't need to be fighting in the chat here, guys. If people, you know, if you have something to be disagree, be an adult about it and disagree. But we're not kicking any out because no one's actually being toxic here and we appreciate everybody listening uh on the chgo white Sox live stream but yeah the only frustrating thing for me is just the fact that yohan's not wearing a foot guard 
We got to fix that up, clean that up, and the bullpen needs to be better. Outside of that, I'm happy with this White Sox game. I mean, time to time, we've talked about Tim Anderson struggling with fundamental things. We need to have that buttoned up. Those things are fundamental. Having the ball in your glove while you're tagging the base runner, fundamental. You can't make those mistakes. I know Timmy is the guy, and he's the face of the franchise. But I'm going to call him on his mistakes because I expect him to be better than he is, not just fall back on what he usually does. I expect him to be the best player out there because he'll be our all-star representative mm-hmm. 100%. So if he misses plays like that, I'm going to call him out. If I feel like he's dogging, I'm going to call him out. And when he does well, you know I'm going to have the pom-poms ready. Yeah, and, and you know he's been hustling. There's been a lot of close bang-bang plays with him at first base. He just needs to be a little bit faster, but it's not like he's not hustling, uh, at least in the past two games. So I, I have seen the effort there from Tim Anderson. Uh, he tried on a lot of those plays. He just... Missed the ball being in the glove on that one. So uh, I'm not too worried about Tim. If Tim's our biggest problem, we don't have too many problems. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That guy will fix uh, the ship and turn it around. But that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Tomorrow's going to be a very important game. We'll have a pregame starting at 6.30 p.m. It's going to be Bo Brisky. Yes, that Bo Brisky of the Detroit Tigers versus Dylan Cease. Is that right? Cease? Is that how you say it? Dylan C-E-A-S-E. Cease. Never heard of him. I'm looking forward to him pitching tomorrow. Yeah, Dylan, 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 Dylan. Dylan. All right, we'll see what Dylan does versus the Detroit Tigers. Who Steven said is undefeated. 10-0 10-0 and 11 starts, so if good. the White yeah. Sox should have a two-game winning streak after tomorrow's game. Join us for the CHGO White Sox postgame show tomorrow, again, 6.30 p.m. Uh, pre-game. Uh, we'll do that with Herb and I. We'll talk about Bo Brisky and Dylan Cease. And then after the final out is made tomorrow, we'll have the CHGO postgame show live on our CHGO YouTube channel. So make sure you join us there. We appreciate everybody who joined us in the live chat for this one. We appreciate Vinny Duber who joined us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ectorwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You, uh, and you can follow the CHGO White Sox account at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for your great production. Also, lovely shoes, Stephen. Haven't seen those Nikes Thank busted you. No out one before. said anything. I, I was a little upset about it. I, I I'm sorry. I feet too my tough. I, I, I like your shoes. They're Thank white you. shoes with a blue. Yeah, like, like a Carolina teal. blue. Yeah. A little nice. bit. Nice. I'm not Summer. a shoe guy. You see my shoes. Hey, Baker, just, Baker just got traded to the Panthers today. I busted out the same colors. Is that Ooh. why you did it? No, that was purely. Yeah, I was about to say, you were at work Do you like Baker Mayfield? No, he's terrible. I'm about to say, what happened to you? Robbie Anderson, his new receiver, also doesn't like uh, Baker Mayfield also thinks he's terrible. But anyways, we're wrapping up the show. Thank you to Steven for his uh, fantastic, fantastic production. And thank you to uh, Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We will talk to you tomorrow and go White Sox.